Sean right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. Email address is right now, Jim Dawes at gmail.com. And you can vent your frustrations on our vent line at 772-245-0750. Leave your rants there and we might use them on the broadcast. That number again, 772-245-0750. So yesterday I was determined that I was going to tune out this impeachment uh, hell, this this seven circles of hell that uh, Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff have organized at the House Intelligence Committee, because uh, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna ruin your life if you get bogged down in this stuff. This is the HR meeting from hell, and the first um, half dozen witnesses that Schiff called up there, including the despicable Mr. Vindman, were just a bunch of inner office gossip backstabbers. You know, they were uh, they had their feelings hurt that someone had taken over their responsibilities and their projects weren't getting enough uh, attention. And, uh, you know, just a bunch of backstabbing um, inner office uh, pettiness. You know, except for uh, Vindman, who actually was a uh, a real snake in full dress uniform, who had basically uh, gone to this uh, so called whistleblower, uh, an, a, a dyed in the wool never Trumper, uh, who you know put together this uh, fictitious whistleblower complaint and uh, kickstarted this whole uh, impeachment jihad for the or re-kickstarted it, I should say this impeachment jihad for the Democrats. But I, uh, I started into yesterday, I was determined I was going to tune out and then just at the end of the day, go back in and, uh, you know, listen to the, uh, the clips and, and read the articles and see what happened and prepare for the show this morning. Really what I've learned, you know, for the, fr- from the, from the first several days of the public hearings is that the, the only, um, players, that are worth listening to are Devin Nunez with his introduction, sort of putting the whole uh, day into context. And then Jim Jordan for, you know, some real hard hitting counter punches uh, and uh, uh, John Ratcliffe to from Texas to, to get, you know, to some really good um, prosecutorial questioning and uh, and maybe the uh, the rising star, the New York Congresswoman uh, Stefanik, who uh, who is doing a really good job as well. But other than that, if you listen to the Democrats drone on and on and not get to a point, and and maybe most especially this uh, GOP um, uh, attorney uh, Caster, who is just a waste of time. Always seems like he wandered in off the street and is trying to get up to speed on exactly what is going on with his, these impeachment hearings. So I started yesterday. I was tuning it out, and uh, and then 
since I am a news junkie, I, uh, I allowed myself to dip in and see what was going on. And I heard all of this talk of bombshells and revelations and Sondland, uh, had said that there was a quid pro quo and, and, uh, you tuned into, uh, you know, Jeffrey Tubin over at CNN that everybody was quoting, and you heard things like this. Now we know that every fantasy about how corrupt this administration was is actually true. Our live coverage of the blowtorch testimony. The blowtorch testimony. I thought, well, everything must have changed. So what, what has happened? So I allowed myself to get sucked back in. By this, uh, you know, uh, this impeachment porn uh, for Democrats that they were putting on. And I heard, uh, you know, Schiff, who had, after Sondland's opening statement, run to the microphones to hold a news conference saying things like this. Campaign was a basic quid pro quo. Uh, It was the conditioning of official acts for something of great value to the president. These political investigations, it goes right to the heart of the issue of bribery, uh, as well as other potential uh, high crimes or misdemeanors. Oh, man. Oh, man. They must they must have gotten Trump. Sondland must have flipped on him. What, What did Sondland say? You've testified that The White House meeting that President Zelensky desperately wanted, and that was very important to President Zelensky, was it not? Absolutely. You testified that that meeting was conditioned, was a quid pro quo for what the president wanted, these two investigations. Is that right? Correct. And that everybody knew it? Correct. Now, that White House meeting was going to be an official meeting between the two presidents, correct? Presumably. It would be an Oval Office meeting, hopefully. A working meeting, yes. A working meeting. So an official act, correct? And in order to perform that official act, Donald Trump wanted these two investigations that would help his reelection campaign, correct? I can't characterize why he wanted them. All I can tell you is this is what we heard from Mr. Giuliani. But he he had to get those two investigations if that official act was going to take place, correct? He had to announce the investigations. He didn't actually have to do them, as I understood Oh, man, they've got Trump now. So you combine that uh, that little bit of questioning from Schiff to Sondland right there with Sondland's opening statements, which uh, seemed to indict Donald Trump. And that is what uh, really prompted, you know, all of this talk among the media that uh, forced me to go back and listen. Now we know that every fantasy about how corrupt this administration was is actually true. Our live coverage of the blowtorch testimony blow this morning torch. from Gordon Sondland turns out to be the guy who has offered the most stunning testimony. In addition to that and the bombshells we've heard about, this was an IED from Mr. Sondland. As you said, taking a blowtorch to every defense Donald Trump has offered. We don't say this very often anymore because it's rarely true, but I think today changed everything. Changed everything. Today changed everything. They were they were making these pronouncements at about 10 a.m. They had found their impeachment porn and uh, it had confirmed all their deepest fantasies about how corrupt the Trump administration is. So about that time, I started tuning in, you know, and we had uh, these Democrats droning on and on. And this uh, this uh, Democrat council, Goldman, 
who was def- desperately trying to pin Sondland down, but it seemed like every time he answered, asked a question <clears throat> that would have resulted in, you know, the, the realization of this impeachment porn that the Democrats had uh, spoke of, that it just didn't quite come to light. And uh, you heard things like this. So you do acknowledge you spoke to President Trump, as you indicated in that text, right? If I said I did, I did. And that after that conversation, you were still under the impression that the aid was contingent on these public announcements. I did not get that from President Trump. What? 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 I did not get that from President Trump. Well, if you didn't get it from President Trump, who in the world did you get it from? As I testified previously, Mr. Giuliani's requests were a quid pro quo for arranging a White House visit for President Zelensky. Mr. Giuliani demanded that Ukraine make a public statement announcing the investigations of the 2016 election DNC server and Burisma. Mr. Giuliani was expressing the desires of the President of the United States and we knew these investigations were important mm. to the president. Mm. So Giuliani, who is uh, the president's uh, private attorney, who's over there defending the president from these uh, these accusations during Mueller's witch hunt, and who's trying to get to the bottom of you know where a lot of this uh, salacious fiction in the Steele dossier uh, came from. Uh, Sundland is getting the idea from Rudy that Trump wants a quid pro quo. Well, where could he have gotten that notion? Unfortunately, President Trump was skeptical. He expressed concerns that the Ukrainian government was not serious about reform, and he even mentioned that Ukraine tried to take him down in the last election. Oh, yeah. In response to our persistent efforts in that meeting to change his views, President Trump directed us to, quote, talk with Rudy. Talk with Rudy. We understood that talk with Rudy meant talk with Mr. Rudy Giuliani, the president's personal lawyer. Let me say again, we weren't happy with the president's directive to talk with Rudy. We did not want to involve Mr. Giuliani. I believe then, as I do now, that the men and women of the State Department, not the president's personal lawyer, should take responsibility for Ukraine matters. Nonetheless, based on the president's direction, we were faced with a choice. We could abandon the efforts to schedule the White House phone call and a White House visit between Presidents Trump and Zelensky, which was unquestionably in our foreign policy interest, or we could do as President Trump had directed and talk, and talk with to Rudy. Rudy. Well, Rudy's over there trying to uh, to find out what happened in 2016, and he stumbled upon this this uh, apparent corruption, certainly what you would consider probable cause or reasonable suspicion, with Hunter Biden taking millions of dollars off of this corrupt Ukrainian energy company, Burisma. At the same time, his his uh, father's threatening to withhold American aid if they don't fire the prosecutor that's looking into Burisma. So maybe talk to Rudy. Not such a bad idea when when, uh, he's got a team over there uh, considering 
sending another $400 million in American taxpayer aid over there. As I testified previously, Mr. Giuliani's requests were a quid pro quo for arranging a White House visit for President Zelensky. Hmm. Well, what did Rudy say? I wonder, wonder what Rudy said that gave Sondland this idea that there had to be a quid pro quo. You've testified that the White House meeting that President Zelensky desperately wanted, and that was very important to President Zelensky, was it not? Absolutely. You've testified that that meeting was conditioned, was a quid pro quo for what the president wanted, these two investigations. Is that right? Correct. And that everybody knew it? Correct. Now, that White House meeting was going to be an official meeting between the two presidents, correct? Presumably. It would be an Oval Office meeting, hopefully? A working meeting, yes. A working meeting. So an official act, correct? And in order to perform that official act... Donald Trump wanted these two investigations that would help his re-election campaign, correct? I can't characterize why he wanted them. All I can tell you is this is what we heard from Mr. Giuliani. From Rudy. But he had, he had to get those two investigations if that official act was going to take place, correct? He had to announce the investigations. He did. Oh, he had to announce the investigations. And Sunland said later in the uh, testimony that the reason that... Uh, he understood from Rudy that he had to announce the investigations is because the Ukrainians had a long history of promising things and then going back on it. And uh, Rudy wanted to be able to uh, hold them to a public promise. So Sunland, uh, you know, says this stuff uh, and, and, you know, then the Republicans finally get to answer, ask some questions and uh, this comes out. But I believe I just asked him an open-ended question, Mr. Chairman. What do you want from Ukraine? I keep hearing all these different ideas and theories and this and that. What do you want? And it was a very short, abrupt conversation. He was not in a good mood. And he just said, I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. Something to that effect. So they go talk to Rudy. Rudy uh, gives them the idea that they, you know, they've got to have a quid pro quo. And then Sunland finally, after getting frustrated by all this, goes directly to the president and says, "Well, what do you want?" And the president says, "Well, not, I don't want a quid pro quo. I want Zelensky to do the right thing." Hmm. Well, that's not working out so well for the chairman. Actually, that was uh, Schiff asking that question and then sort of cutting him his own self off at the knees. And that's where it went from there. And uh, I'll finish up uh, this morning questioning of um, Gordon Sondland right after this message. Stick with us. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.
So after Sondland, in response to a question from Chairman Schiff, General Chairman of the Politburo, Adam Schiff, um, says that, in fact, he talked to Trump, and Trump told him directly that he does not want a quid pro quo, that he wants the incoming uh, Ukrainian president to commit to uh, ending corruption, one, by getting to the bottom of their previous corruption that included it getting involved in our presidential election in 2016 and also included millions of dollars in uh, in Hunter Biden, uh, you know, getting from their most corrupt, the most corrupt co- uh, company in the third most corrupt nation in the world. Hunter Biden was sitting over there, uh, you know, with his snout in the trough at the same time his vice president dad was in charge of Ukrainian policy was demanding that the prosecutor that's investigating that company be fired. He wanted him to get to the bottom of that. But that's not allowed, you see. We're not allowed to know any of that. That's an impeachable offense if you even ask about it. And then Jim Jordan finally came to the mic and put all of this into perspective. The gentleman for yielding. Ambassador, when did it happen? When did what happen? The announcement. When did President Zelensky announce that the investigation was going to happen? On page 14, you said this. Was there a quid pro quo? Today's op- your opening statement. As I testified previously, with regard to a qu- requested White House call, White House meeting, the answer is yes, that there needed to be a public statement from President Zelensky. When the chairman asked you about the security assistance dollars, you said there needed to be a public announcement from Zelensky. So I'm asking you a simple question. When did that happen? Never did. Never did. They got the call July 25th. They got the meeting, not in the White House, but in New York on September 25th. They got the money on September 11th. When did the meeting happen again? Never did. You don't know who was in the meeting? Which meeting are you referring to? The meeting that never happened. Who was in it? <laughs> you know how, people, you, you, know how Zelensky, <laughs> you know how Zelensky announced it? Did he tweet it? Did he do a press statement? Did he do a press conference? You know how that happened? I mean, no. you, you got all three of them wrong. They get the call, they get the meeting, they get the money. It's not two plus two, it's 0 for three. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like this. And, and you told Mr. Castor that the president never told you that the announcement had to happen to get anything. In fact, he didn't just not tell you that. He explicitly said the opposite. The gentleman from Texas just read it. You said to the president of the United States, what do you want from Ukraine? The president, I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. I want Zelensky to do the right thing. I want him to do what he ran on. What do you run on, Mr. Or Ambassador Sondland? Transparency. And dealing with corruption, right? That's right. Mr. Castor raised another important point. Why didn't you put that statement in your opening statement. I think you said you couldn't fit it in. Is that right? Said we might be here for 46 <laughs> minutes instead of 45 It wasn't minutes. purposeful. Trust me. Wasn't purposeful? No. Couldn't fit it in a 23-page opener. The most important statement about the subject matter at hand, the President of the United States in a direct conversation with you about the issue at hand, and the President says, let me read it one more time. What do you want from Ukraine, Mr. President? I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. I want this new guy, 
Brand new guy in politics. His party just took over. I want Zelensky to do the right thing. I want him to run on and do what he ran on, which is deal with corruption. And you can't find time to fit that in a 23-page opening statement. You know what a quid pro quo is? I do. This for that. Right? Looks to me like Ukraine got that three times and we there was no this there was we we didn't do anything or excuse me they didn't have to do anything i i've, I've never seen anything like that and this is this is when the call came out you all remember this when the call came out everyone said we're gonna quid pro quo there's gonna be a th- th- that was what was in the call and of course of course that didn't happen that didn't happen remember what they what the complaint said Remember what the memo said of the whistleblower? This call was frightening. This call was scary. All those things. Oh, it was hair on fire. Crazy. It was a crazy call, said said the uh, whistleblower. I yield back. You know, so finally Jordan comes up, tears all of this, um, this manufactured quid pro quo and bribery all to hell. And you're back at the end of the day or at the end of the Sunderland testimony anyway. That, you know, you still have nothing against the president. Uh, Sunderland threw Rudy under the bus. Now he's unable to produce any uh, documents or text messages or anything that show that Rudy was doing this because the State Department is withholding his records. And if they get those records and it, uh, it you know, damns Rudy, then uh, they, they might have a problem. But the question is also going to come up whether or not, um, you know, this is uh, – um, Rudy's conversations with the president are going to be privileged by attorney-client privilege. Now, I've heard that Rudy is uh, is doing this for free. If that's the case, then he's got another problem because in order to retain a ter- an attorney, you have to be paying them. But just in case anybody is under any illusions about what's going on here, you know, I'll, I'll play this clip again of all of these uh, leading Democrats who were running in 2016 and 2018 saying exactly what they were going to do. This, what we're watching now in Adam Schiff's intelligence committee hearings is basically the manifestation of this. This is about preventing a potentially disastrous outcome from occurring next year. I'd like to impeach the bastard right now. An imposter. He really should be punished. That charlatan in the White House. We're going to impeach the motherfucker. I am not running for anything except the impeachment of Trump. We cannot accept a, a second term for Donald Trump. If we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. So that's what it's all about. They're going to impeach him. They're going to find something. Uh, um, the Republican counsel to the intelligence committee is a disaster. He doesn't ask the questions that adequately make his case. That That's left to Jim Jordan. So we usually have to wait until they get to Jim Jordan for, for all of the manufactured crisis to be put into perspective. Then in the afternoon, they brought forward um, undersecretary of you know, assistant uh, vice president to David Hale and Barbara Cooper. And they were back onto the poor Miss Ambassador Yanovich had her feelings hurt because Donald Trump fired her. And that uh, that lasted well into the evening. And we're back to this mind numbing HR meeting from hell. 
yesterday came off as uh, Adam Schiff as Wiley Coyote. And uh, Donald Trump is a roadrunner. We got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be back right after these two messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck-on messes, and they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. A daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. I wish somebody, anyone, could tell me why it is an impeachable offense to inquire about Ukraine's 2016 interference in our election. Or about Hunter and Joe Biden's corruption with Burisma, the most corrupt company in the third most corrupt nation in the world. Why is it off limits to ask about this? I think we all know the answer to that question because it implicates the Democrats. And the Democrats, because they have the mainstream media behind them, are able to frame these questions. Now, we spent three years with our intelligence and law enforcement communities and a a special counsel, a former deep state uh, FBI director himself, digging into whether or not Donald Trump had conspired with Russia to win the election. That was all about a cover-up. That was putting uh, the Trump administration on the defensive so that they could not look into the, the origins of the Steele dossier that we, we had to wait a year for to learn that Hillary Clinton and the Democrat National Committee had paid for. Or, um, you know, the rest of this wrongdoing that, that took place in 2016 with, um, with John Brennan launching these undercover operations to infiltrate the Trump campaign and to use the FISA uh, warrants to spy on the Trump campaign. Mueller was there for one reason and one reason only is to cover all of that up. And the very next day with that Mueller, after he testified before the despicable Jerry Nadler's uh, Judiciary Committee and and uh, just <laughs> did a massive face plant there, they start up this uh, this Ukraine impeachment effort. 
and they've they framed it that Donald Trump was asking for uh, assistance with his political campaign. Never mind the fact that you know he's he's doing a an investigation that had already been ongoing, looking into interference in 2016. They've actually framed that now as unfounded and debunked. If you read the New York Times or the Washington Post or you watch any of these crazy shows on uh, CNN or MSNBC, they've decided that Ukraine's interference in 2016, which the mainstream media itself had written lengthy stories about in The Hill and Politico and in The New York Times, all of that has now been debunked. It is unfounded. It's out the window. And you're not even allowed to bring up the topic of Hunter Biden collecting millions of dollars from Burisma while his dad was getting the prosecutor that was investigating Burisma fired, that also is unfounded because, by God, Joe Biden said so. So what they're doing here is they're they're launching another cover-up operation. Rudy Giuliani is getting to the bottom of what was going on. A lot of it came out of Ukraine. And so they've, they've gone back on the offense. They're very good at this, and, and you can be good at this. When, um, when you've got all of the media behind you, there was an interesting development yesterday in the Ukraine. The head of, uh, the Ukrainian gas company has actually been indicted now. And, um, there are stories coming out that I cannot yet confirm to you because, uh, you know, you, you have to take a, with a grain of salt, everything that comes out of the Ukraine that Hunter Biden did, didn't get $3 million for a no-show job on the Burisma board that was actually just an influence-peddling operation. He got $16 million. And uh, again, we're told we're not allowed to look into any of this. This whole impeachment effort is just another cover-up operation. And one of the odd things about it is at the same time, they're up there trying to impeach Donald Trump for, you know, delaying these, uh, these military funds, $400 million of taxpayer money that we're sending over there to, you know, escalate a war with Russia. The Democrats are not doing anything. They're not passing uh, the USMCA. They're not doing anything on prescription drug prices. They're not trying to secure the border. They're not doing anything except impeachment. And they passed another one of these continuing resolutions that, uh, you know, have been such a disaster and run us into a $22 trillion ditch as far as our national debt goes. And Mike Pence, the vice president's uh, spokesperson, Mark Short, came to the microphone and said this about that. I think that the, the greater shame, again, is that what, what's actually not happening in Congress today, Lou, because it's not just promises Democrats made in 2018 to work with this administration on infrastructure or lowering drug prices or in passing trade deals like USMCA. But tomorrow, the president's going to be forced to sign another continuing resolution to keep our government open because they haven't passed the most basic fundamental right to fund our government. And, Lou, in that bill is a pay raise for our men and women in uniform. And you know what else? in that bill 
is $250 million for Ukraine. Right. So the irony is the Democrats are having impeachment hearings over delaying Ukraine funding for Ukraine, yet in the bill that's supposed to be passed is more funding for Ukraine that they're tying up to do impeachment hearings. Well, irony may not be strong enough a word. Hypocrisy, uh, just sheer gall. So at the same time they're trying to impeach the president, for holding up funds for Ukrainian weapons to fight Russia because he dared to ask about the Ukrainian interference in 2016 or the Biden's corruptions. The Democrats themselves and the House of Representatives are holding up $250 million in military aid to Ukraine. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I have to, you know, I have to cover these things and uh, and and the, their hypocrisy. But I do not support these hundreds of millions of dollars in military aid to Ukraine. I think that that is going to exacerbate the situation, this con- escalate this conflict with Russia, and uh, and just you know push us closer and closer to a nuclear confrontation. And even absent that continued to push Russia closer and closer into the arms of China, which is actually, at this point, our greatest geostrategic foe. I would prefer these hundreds of millions of dollars to be used to build the wall and to combat these narco gangs on our southern border. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if these deep state... um, bureaucrats, these diplomats and, and uh, experts in national uh, security policy would concern themselves just a fraction as much with securing our borders and protecting our citizens as they are with securing Ukraine's borders and protecting Ukraine's citizens. Oh, wouldn't that be great? But you see, there's just not the mystique. There's not the the intrigue and the romance, you know, building a wall on our southern border and trying to keep the the Cubans from toppling the governments in Venezuela and China. That's you don't you don't get to go to the the same quality cocktail party parties and pose yourself as a cold warrior when you do things like that. So we're over there violating what we promised when the Soviet Union agreed to, uh, you know, uh, fold its tents and tear down the, uh, the Berlin Wall. We promised them that we would not inch NATO one inch closer to their borders. Since then, NATO has gone from about 16 nations to 23. We're right up on the borders of Russia now. Instead of capitalizing on our win in the Cold War by bringing Russia into the Western alliance and preparing for the rise of China. We've got these same diplomats frozen in amber over there trying to gin up another, yet another conflict with Russia. So um, if you've got any needs for uh, Trump-branded or Patriot-branded gear, T-shirts, hoodies, sweats, even ladies' undies. Your source for all of this stuff should be Red State Trading Company. You can find them at redstatetradingcompany.com. They are the clothing and home goods source for Patriots. You can get shirts, 
mugs, hoodies, home decor hats, all with your conservative and libertarian-themed branding. Build the wall. Trump 2020. Don't tread on me. Lots of great stuff. If you're going to buy that stuff, you need to go over to redstatetrading.com. You can get 10% off if you use the promo code DAWS10. That's D-A-W-S-10. And on top of that, you'll get 10% of all of the profits earned will go to the local American Legion. That's redstatetrading.com. You can find them on Twitter, at redstatetrading. Go there go there, and uh, get your Patriot-themed clothing and home goods. Do it today. So the Democrats were in my hometown of Atlanta, Georgia, last night. Atlanta is not the town, no longer the town I grew up in. It has turned into a giant megalopolis. When I was growing up, it was... Um, it was a big southern city, but it was southern. But, uh, you know, it was the city in a forest. It's quickly being deforested as they continually widen and widen the roads. Um, ten, lane wide in, ten lanes wide in each direction going through downtown and around the city of Atlanta. But they were, they were there last night to have their... Um, what is this, the fourth Democrat debate? There's not a lot to report. Biden uh, was, you know, his typical self sort of rambling on. He he decided that uh, the only way to stop Donald Trump is to elect him, which not going so well so far. He's down to fourth place in Iowa and third place in New Hampshire. And Pete Buttigieg, if, of all people, is leading in Iowa, shows you the state of their field when the sitting mayor of South Bend, Indiana is leading the former, the just the previous vice president by 12 or 14 points. But here was Biden at last night's debate. Yeah. But right now, Republicans in Congress, including some of whom you've worked. Oh, that's not the clip. That's not the clip I wanted. Here we go. I come out of the black community in terms of my support. If you notice, I have more people supporting me in the black community than announced for me because they know me. They know who I am. Three former chairs of the Black Caucus, the only African-American woman that ever been elected to the United States Senate. A whole range of people. No, my point no, is, that's true. True. The other that's one is true. here. <laughs> <laughs> I said the first. Open mouth and surf foot. So Joe Biden standing on the stage with a black senator, female senator, Kamala Harris, and he, he claims that the only black senator in history has uh, has declared her support for him. <laughs> which allowed Kamala Harris the opportunity uh, to cackle, which, you know, is uh, is not helping her any. Nobody wants to listen to that for the next four years. We got to run out to a break, and uh, when we come back, we'll cover this uh, this Democrat debate a little more in-depth, and then we'll get on to some of the other news. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Oh, no. 
Son, tonight we look after the North Pole while Santa delivers all the holiday goodies. Wooden ponies, dolls, Xfinity. Xfinity? It's only the awesomest internet ever. The whole family can enjoy fast, reliable internet speed and great coverage all at a great value. Plus, advanced security is included at no extra cost with Xfinity XFi and the XFi Gateway. Just log in and activate through the Xfinity app. Choose the speed that works for you. Up to gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. So last night's um, debate in Atlanta was hosted by MSNBC, the Conspiracy Network, and sitting right there on the panel was Rachel Maddow. Now, can you imagine if Fox News had hosted a Republican debate and they put Sean Hannity, well, that's not even accurate, or Tucker Carlson or Laura Ingram on the, on the, as a moderator? The mainstream media would be melting down. How dare you put these obvious partisans on, uh, on the, the moderator panel? Actually, putting uh, Rachel Maddow there, it doesn't even compare with putting Hannity or Tucker or uh, Laura Ingram on, on those panels. It's, it would be more akin to putting Alex Jones as a, a, a moderator. Uh, Rachel Maddow... You may not watch her much. She is one of the most wild-eyed conspiracy theorists you will ever run into. Right on par with Alex Jones. They had her on there. I'm, I don't have any actual clips of her asking questions because they're they're not worth listening to. But here is um, Andrea Mitchell, married to former uh, head of the Fed, a true globalist, if ever there was one, uh, asking Joe Biden a question. Them. But right now, Republicans in Congress, including some of whom you've worked with for decades, are demanding investigations not only of you, but also of your son. How would you get those same Republicans to work with you? Oh, how those, those, those meanie Republicans are over there asking, what the heck were you up to over in the Ukraine now that we've got video of you demanding the firing of the guy that was investigating your son? Well, look, the next president of the United States is going to have to do, things, do two things. Defeat Donald Trump. That's number one. And number two, he's going to have to make, be, be able to go into states like Georgia and North Carolina and other places and get a Senate majority. That's what I'll do. You have to ask yourself up here, who is most likely to be able to win the nomination in the first place, to win the presidency in the first place? And secondly, who is most likely to increase the number of people who are Democrats in the House and in the Senate? So that's his big selling point. I can beat Trump and I can increase our majority in the Congress. There's no actual evidence of that. When Biden ran before, he failed to break out of single digits. He ran twice before. He was, as Trump says, pulled off the trash heap to be Obama's vice president. And that very same Obama has yet to endorse him and looks like he's going to be backing Duval Patrick. And uh, Biden, he had another one of these shaky performances that he's famous for last night. I'm trying to find this clip of uh, the CNN panel talking about, oh, here it is. 
CNN had a panel that included uh, David Axelrod and uh, Van Jones and others, and uh, and they accurately char- characterized Biden's performance last night. He started off fine. I mean, I think I gave him a B and he probably descended to a D, you know, near the end yeah. when he was talking about African-American voters. Stumbles. I mean, what's that? Yeah, he, he, just he, makes he, he makes those stumbles. You know, the longer it goes on, uh, he just, you know, it, it gets I, a little. I thought he night. did really, really. I was policy. If you take away that last those last stumbles, if I'm Bloomberg and I'm watching, I say to myself, you got Biden doing pretty well. You've got Pete doing pretty well. Where is the room for the moderate to come in? And then Biden blows four tires in the last 10 minutes. You're like, oh, well, then if you're Bloomberg, you started you know, looking at him. That's what he's betting. The Democrat establishment, these cocktail party liberals in, in the Northeast and out in California, they're worried that Biden can't carry them across the line and represent their their moneyed interests, you know, while at the same time they crap all over the working class in this country. So, uh, you know, they're dusting off Michael Bloomberg, who's got his own problems that we'll touch on a little later. And, uh, and Pete Buttigieg, who they worry, uh, you know, can't get any of the black vote because blacks are not going to vote for a homosexual. And they're, they're trying to decide, you know, whether or not, uh, you know, they, they've got, uh, Deval Patrick, who's all primed and ready and Bloomberg ready to go. And they're trying to figure out whether to pull the trigger and they were, you know, encouraged a little bit because Biden was able, at least able to string together some coherent sentences at the beginning of yesterday's uh, debate. But then by the end, he had sort of fallen apart. Well, what I want to know is how any of this is going to reassemble the Democrats, former coalition of working people, because the one guy or one of the guys that did not make the stage last night was the only Democrat candidate that was actually speaking up for the working class, and that is Ohio's former or current representative. I'm not sure if he's still in office, Tim Ryan. Democratic Party is is perceived in the industrial Midwest and the South as a coastal party, as an Ivy League party uh, that doesn't understand what those workers who take a shower after work are really going through. How are you going to go tell people in my congressional district in Youngstown, Ohio, that they're working their rear ends off to provide health care for their families, that an undocumented person in the country is going to get free health care? That, that is not going to work, and it's not fair, quite frankly. We have a perception problem with the Democratic Party. We are not connecting to the working class people in the very states that I represent in Ohio, in the industrial Midwest. We've lost all connection. In this discussion already tonight, we've talked about taking private health insurance away from union members in the industrial Midwest. We've talked about decriminalizing the border, and we've talked about giving free health care to undocumented workers when so many Americans are struggling to pay for their health care. I quite frankly don't think that that is an agenda that we can move forward on and win. I think if our nominee is talking about taking private health care away, I think we'll lose 48 states. And I'm having a rough time figuring out it's who we're going to (laughs) win. We're going to lose 48 states and I'm trying to figure out the two that we're going to win. Tim Ryan's exactly right. The Republican, I mean the uh, Excuse me, had a Joe Biden moment there. The Democrats have gone all in on their their coastal liberal elite 
alliance with these far leftists. They've taking, taken the working men and women of this country for granted. They will promise anything. Um, and the question is going to be whether or not these working people that uh, made up the former Democrat coalition or that uh, gave them their winning majority, we're going to realize that these are hollow promises. These promises of free health care, they're not going to pan out, especially not when they're actually promising free health care to illegal aliens. These promises of a guaranteed minimum income, that's not going to happen. Free tuition and, and uh, forgiveness of student debt, that is not going to happen. None of that is going to happen. We don't have that in the budget. But they'll promise it. The, the Democrats will promise anything to get into office. And the question is going to be whether or not uh, working people have, have um, played Lucy and her football enough times to realize that their best bet is a roaring economy for a president like Donald Trump to implement tax and regulation policies that take the, uh, the harness off of this economy and let it run. And, um, and Trump's got the best argument, argument to make. There's a reason we haven't heard one Democrat hopeful talk about the economy. Running against the Trump economy presents a challenge uh, for the Democratic presidential hopefuls. This is a strong economy. It's a strong labor market. I think the tax cuts clearly help. It's the first time in 10 years that it's booming again. Oh, I think the economy is doing great. If you look at the economy, there's no way to deny that we're doing pretty amazing. The poverty rate in this country at the lowest level in nearly two decades. Under uh, Trump, we've seen uh, people in poverty fall by 2.5 million. What a difference that is. Trump is finally standing up to the Chinese. I think Donald Trump is going to take it. He's doing so great with the economy. Uh, the unemployment rate ticked downwards to 3.5%. The last time it was that low was when we landed on the moon, 1969. The unemployment rate for Asians, though, was at a record low. In Black unemployment is down to a record low. Hispanic unemployment falls to 3.9%. That is the lowest Ever. Created 6 million jobs, more than half of those were for women. And those jobs, by the way, are paying higher wages. That is wage growth north of 3%. You know, it's often said the best social program is a job. People don't want a handout. They don't want um, European socialist economy uh, like, like uh, you know, most of the Democrats are promising, nor do they want this hybrid Marxist economy that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are offering. They want opportunity. They want a booming economy that's creating lots of jobs. And when you create lots of jobs and you tighten the labor market, you, you, um, promote wage growth. And finally, after the Democrats and, uh, and Bush have squandered this economy for the last 40 years, allowed our jobs to be stolen at the same time crippling our economy, we've got a president that understands how to create prosperity and wealth. And they're hoping that old Joe Biden will be able to reassemble this, uh, this coalition by, by um, you know, making the case to labor unions, who he always has been in the past, by, by promising the, the stars and the moon. But Trump's got a record now that the Democrats were never able to assemble and, and, uh, and George W. Bush was never able to assemble. And that is bringing the jobs back, 
And at the same time, finally, uh, you know, achieving 3% wage growth every year for workers. And the Democrats, uh, you know, plan B now appears to be putting forward uh, Michael Bloomberg, a lefty former mayor of New York City, and Duval Patrick, a lefty former governor of Massachusetts. And what you need to know is Duval Patrick is a uh, works for the Bain Corporation. Yes, the same Bain Corporation that created and uh, uh, made the fortune for uh, uh, Pierre Delecto, Mitt Romney, same Bain Corporation that uh, specializes in, in uh, offshoring jobs, breaking up companies, shipping the equipment overseas, putting people out of work, shuttering their factories, stealing their, their uh, pensions and retirement funds, and leaving them without health care. They want to put Duval Patrick, that's Obama's plan to uh, reenact the magic Negro uh, strategy that the Democrats went to when they elected him. And absent that, we'll get a, a billionaire up there that wants to take your guns and write checks to get elected president. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition. I want to thank you for joining us. Invite you back here again tomorrow, right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network, for another edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I hope to talk to you then. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is hmm, what's the word? Delightful, because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.